This podcast is not here for those people that are trying to stay out of last place. Because those consequences don't exist for the people that are listening to this podcast. These are the people that always end up in the playoffs but can't seem to get over that hump. Or the ones who just want to dominate year after year just to show everybody else they're the champions. Guys, this is a fantasy football intervention. And we're about to intervene with your fantasy football life. is going on fantasy intervention excited to do another episode today because guess what guess what Devin is back in the house what's up Devin what's up addicts how y'all doing today yeah get excited you guys don't have to listen just me talk god I'm excited for you guys I'm here to rescue you I am here to rescue you here are the melodic tones let's do this oh my god here we go so, before we get started with our episode today, we do have poppin' tags, we have the champions here, and we have stacks on stacks on stacks. We're going to go into that. We will. But today was the day of the trade deadline. And unfortunately, I didn't get to see my dream come true of Le'Veon Bell going to the Texans, which I talked about all offseason, and I thought would never happen, and then I thought it could happen today, and then it didn't happen. But it's all good. I'll get over it. <laughs> I will. But Devin, what was the biggest disappointing move for you today when it came to lack of activity or lack of trade that you wanted to see happen that did not happen? Yeah, I thought Trent Williams was definitely on the move. I thought there was a few teams that would have definitely been buying on him and would have offered pretty much anything to have him. But apparently the Redskins, they they want second-year player Denzel Ward from the Cleveland Browns. What are they smoking in Washington? Because it's legal there, isn't it? (laughs) I mean, I don't think it was too bad of a trade, but maybe they would have had to throw in like Josh Norman or, you know, maybe a potential third round pick. I don't think that the salary cap would have allowed him to. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's just the Bengals should have been buying on him. Like, there's a lot of teams that could have been buying on him, but. Yeah, I mean, he's 31 years old. Uh, He's one of the most talented left tackles in the league. So I definitely thought that he had some potential as well, but obviously that did not happen. Uh, some of the other stuff that did happen, Aqib Tlaib, well, I guess one other thing that did yeah. happen was Aqib Tlaib actually went over to the Miami Dolphins in exchange for, along with the fifth-round pick, in exchange for like a sixth or seventh-round pick. So yeah. literally, the Rams paid the Miami Dolphins to take Aqib Tlaib off their hands. Yeah. And he's on IR, so he does not come off of IR until like week 15. Yeah, that's so brutal. He may never suit up for the Dolphins this season. Uh, yeah, I doubt he will. I mean, I don't think the Dolphins are trying to go that direction. I mean, we talked about earlier how it's been really, really weird, the snap counts for the Miami Dolphins and for their players. Like, they're allowing their cornerbacks, like five or six different cornerbacks, to get in 30-plus snaps a game. It's just I mean, this past game they had seven. Bizarre. So yeah. it's like, that's extremely weird. Yeah, it's just bizarre. Uh, but, I mean, they're just trying to figure out what they want. And Aqib Tlaib is obviously not in their plans. They're just taking it because they have the salary cap space. A couple other moves that we wanted to see happen. Robbie Anderson, um, I really wanted to see get moved out of there. Uh, where did you want to see Robbie Anderson potentially go? Well, there was a few receivers. I was looking at A.J. Green. I thought he was a for-sure guy that was going to go. Didn't happen. Robbie Anderson, man, he would have been interesting in a few spots. Let me let me dwell on that one. You, you tell me, who, who was your top spot for Robbie? Well, a lot of people were talking about him going to the Bills, but I was not a fan of him no, going to the Bills. I don't like that one. I think he would have been really, really good with the Bengals, speaking of. Oh, okay. Like, I mean, if the Jets maybe, maybe swapped, swapped AJ, AJ Green for Robbie Anderson, uh, I think that would have been interesting. That would have been interesting. I mean, getting another speed guy to help out Tyler Boyd, obviously, and then Ryan Finley, who, breaking news, by the way, well, not really breaking news, <laughs> But Andy Dalton is now benched. Ryan Finley is going to be the starting quarterback of the Cincinnati Bengals, and it would have helped out. It would have helped out Ryan Finley tremendously if Robbie Anderson was able to contribute. That yeah. would have been one of my favorite spots for Robbie Anderson in the future of the Bengals as well. Yeah, I don't like uh, the interdivision moves, so I didn't want to see him go to the Patriots or the Bills or the other team that plays in the AFCs <laughs> that no one gives a shit about. Um, <laughs> but. I mean, I like some of these West Coast moves that have happened, like Emmanuel Sanders going to the Niners. That's been a big – that was a big trade. Yeah, I mean, that's like, actually like that. where I wanted to see A.J. Green go to. Yeah. So he could also be able to mentor Jalen Hurd. 
Oh, Robbie Anderson to the Broncos would have been nice. That, that, that could have been another big one. Anderson next to Sutton. Throw yeah. Hamilton in the slot. Nice yeah, time. I could see that happening for sure. I mean, that would have been nice extremely interesting. And that young base for that team was oh, just yeah. killer. Because what Anderson's, what, 26? Yeah, he sure is. I mean, that's definitely an intriguing, intriguing option, you know, when it comes to Robbie Anderson and that youth of the Broncos team. I mean, they're building this whole entire team just yeah. out of pure youth on offense. Yeah, I mean, he would have instantly gone over there, been that leader in that locker room for that, that receiving core that's super young. Well, I don't know if you want him to be your leader, I mean, but Drew Locke with that arm. Drew Locke, yeah, I mean, exactly. I mean, that could have made Robbie Anderson extremely fantasy viable. However, none of this stuff happened. Jamal Adams didn't get moved. I mean, none of this stuff happened. So, happen. unfortunately, guys. Akeem Tlaib might never play for the Dolphins, <laughs> but that happened today. Uh, <laughs> Leonard Williams moved moved nowhere. He's still in New York, just wearing blue instead of green. I, yeah, and um, I like that move for the Giants. I know it's crowded front. The worst part about it is he's an impending free agent, though. So now they get eight games with this guy, and then they have to decide if they're going to pick up his contract or not. Which I, I think they would as long as he's you know willing to work with them, obviously. Yeah. With that being said, guys, we are going to jump into our first segment here with Poppin' Tags, where we're going to talk about guys that you're going to pick up post waiver wire. Here we go. Poppin' Tags. Bro, I'm going to pop some tags. Only got $20 in my pocket. I'm, I'm, I'm hunting. Looking for a come up. This is Popping tags. Once again, we're going to talk about certain players that we want to pick up before next week, but have cleared the waiver wires. And for the first one, I'll go ahead and start this one out. Cam Newton. Cam Newton for me is definitely a pickup and a stash potentially. With he's not point? healthy yet. He's not going to be playing this week. With that foot? But that's a, like, that's a good thing for me that he's not playing this week because Kyle Allen was bad. He was bad last game. He was terrible up against San Francisco 49ers, which means that they're going to wait till Cam Newton is 100% healthy in order to put him in. They're not going to put him in hobbled. They're not going to put him in where you know he's a significant disadvantage physically. So that's a good thing for me that they're waiting until he's healthy. Yeah. But when, he's, it, when he is healthy, Cam Newton is relatively good. I mean, he's been a top five fantasy option in multiple different years. So yes, with this run coming up into the fantasy playoffs, I'm going to pick up and I'm going to stash Cam Newton, especially if I'm somebody that's streaming quarterbacks. Yeah, I mean, that's a great point because you look at someone like Drew Brees who came back kind of weird. I was watching the game and I was like, why do you bring Breeze back right here? I mean, they're playing the Cardinals. They so have a bye week this upcoming they a, week. They're in a bye week right now. So you just you put Breeze out there. It's just I felt that the risk was completely unnecessary at that point. You're playing the Cardinals. There's no risk. Bridgewater's undefeated at this point, and you're yeah. going into a bye week. Then you can come out come out of the bye week with Breeze. Yeah, and I had a prediction about Chandler Jones and Patrick Peterson how the Cardinals defense was actually going to put pressure on Teddy Bridgewater and that screwed up my whole entire prediction. <laughs> See, that was, the, that was the most important Fuckers. thing. Yeah. You messed up Chase's stuff and we don't like that here at Fantasy Intervention. Yeah, it's like, hey, we're going to go and fuck with you now. They knew. They, they, they Apparently they've been listening. I know you're listening, Sean Payton. I know you're listening and it's not cool. Not cool. And Sean Payton, a word of advice. When you're barely winning in an NFC Championship game, do not mock us by doing the skull chant, because then that's when the Minnesota oh, miracle God. happens to you. Jeez. Shove it. All right? Suck it. We're coming for you. Oh, my God. Love you, go Teddy. <laughs> Here we go again. God dang it. Hell <laughs> fucking no. God damn it. Another yeah, that was Minnesota another thing, rant. Like, Kyle Allen, though. I mean, 5-0 start. Shit game against the Niners, but solid undefeated team. The defense is amazing. I mean, Bosa had a huge game, so... So Cam Newton is obviously, you know, going to fit right back into that Kyle Allen role, obviously. But a healthy Cam Newton who's better than Kyle Allen. I mean, I could see some big, big, big time games coming out of Cam Newton and getting DJ Moore back on track, getting Curtis Samu back on track, and putting up some significant fantasy points against a very weak NFC South, which they have a lot of these games lined up here in the future. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I like that a lot. Like I said, it's just one of those games where I wouldn't, I wouldn't be just like throwing away Kyle Allen at this point just because he had the one bad game. Like I said, he had five wins prior to that. You know, he's going to be valuable for a couple more weeks until Newton's completely healthy and ready to go and then just tear through that back part of that schedule. 
I, I bet he can go undefeated whenever he returns and can win all those games remaining. Yep, I'm, I'm hoping so at least. I mean, yeah. you know, Norv Turner has worked pretty well with Cam Newton so far. We're mm-hmm. expecting big things. All right, over to your popping tags. My quarterback is going to be the rookie, Ryan Finley, for the Bengals. He is currently on a bye, so you will be able to scoop him up with little to no resistance. No one's rostering this guy currently, and he's on a bye. The first matchup for him is Baltimore. Not the first matchup that I would want him to have, but there's a couple or a few that are extremely juicy for him right after Baltimore. And the Ravens have been kind of spotty. I mean, right. the defense Marcus, is great. The yeah, defense is great. Signing Marcus Peters was huge for him, and their offense is putting up points, which is allowing teams, well, not allowing teams, but enabling teams to throw against them or encouraging teams to throw against them. So Right. And like you said before, it, with a terrible offensive line, Mixon's not been great. I mean, he's had like one, maybe two games where he's done decent enough. But the line is not promoting a great run game right now, so he's going to have to drop back, move the pocket, and pass the ball often. And I think Ryan Finley is an upgrade on Andy Dalton, too. I completely agree with that. Even though Dalton's one of the top four passers currently, <laughs> uh, it's not, not turning into QB wins, which is the most important stat to me. And he has zero of those this year. It's not the most more important set to me. <laughs> I want to see fantasy points. Well, that's that's true. <laughs> uh, at the, I mean, at the end of the day, he's got to win some games. And he's not turning the touchdowns in, obviously, which would lead to wins most of the time. But after Baltimore, he has Oakland, then Pittsburgh, and then the Jets. Three matchups there. They've all been pretty pass-heavy games I like a lot. And then right after that, they also have two games against Cleveland and then a game against the Patriots and then the Dolphins. So there's a lot of juicy matchups there for him. Obviously, I wouldn't be playing him against New England's defense. They'll tear him to shreds. Uh, And like I said, Baltimore could be a scary game for him. This is his first game, but they have allowed a lot of passing yardage. And if they can get into a shootout, he could have a great first game. Yeah, and with it being a divisional game, you never know what's going to happen with them. Oh, exactly. So, you know, maybe his teammates rally around him and produce pretty heavy up against the Baltimore Ravens. So it's not know, that like, scary of a pick. With rookies, you know, they don't have a lot of tape out there as well. And so they don't. the Baltimore defense, they will have the bye week, obviously, to prepare. And then the week of leading up to that game, they can prepare for him as much as they can possibly. But he has zero to like little to no tape at all in the NFL playing other than preseason See, so for, that's good for him for me like like i'm not against picking up ryan finley because i've been fighting for him i, I said he should have started I the season him. oh like, yeah we were talking about it on this podcast how we really like ryan finley and it's better for the offense if he gets a shot but when it comes to like pick up and play i'm probably on the ryan finley side the other quarterback that's getting a chance because joe flacco is getting benched is brandon allen mm-hmm. and when it comes to pick up and stashing i might rather pick up and stash Brandon Allen over Ryan Finley. Like, if I have a quarterback and I'm looking, you know, for somebody that, that could go off on certain weeks, I mean, Brandon Allen has a better supporting cast. He has a better offensive line. He has a better running game. He has a better defense. So he's in, you know, more advantageous positions and yeah. situations on the field. So I don't know if Ryan Finley's a pickup for me this week, but I can, I can see how you'd want to do that. Yeah, I mean, because, like, he's a pickup. Obviously, he's not going to play this week because they're on a bye. But he's a good. I think he's a good pickup and stash. I just think based off his potential alone, he could actually carry the team more than Brandon Allen with all of. The, yeah, I do the, think he's a better quarterback. With with all the great advantageous situation that Brandon Allen's in. I mean, awesome defense. Obviously, they don't have Bradley Chubb right now, but you know the young receivers. Yeah. Solid, better line. I mean, it's it, the Broncos are a better team than the Bengals currently, but I still think that Finley's ability outweighs Brandon Allen a lot. And a more fr- quarterback-friendly head coach. Yeah. So I can understand that. All right, on to my next popping tags. And mine on this one, and there's not a lot of options out there right now. Like <laughs> no, There are not, not a lot of not. options. People have figured out what players are going to produce, which players are not going to produce. So it's going to be tough to find players in this yeah. area. But one player that I would be looking at picking up is Dallas Goddard. Mm-hmm. I mean, Dallas Goddard, who has outproduced Zach Ertz, in the past three weeks, he has more receptions and more fantasy points. He got a touchdown this past week. And, I mean, Carson Wentz is just looking his way. Yeah. He's so, doing it on less snaps, too. So. Yeah, and he's doing it on less snaps. Even though this, it's like, close. Even though the snap count is close, yes. The only thing that scares me about this is, and I don't think they do, but do they potentially go to more three wide receiver sets when Deshaun Jackson comes back? 
and when he's healthy. And like I said, I don't think that they do. I think that they still stick with their two tight end sets, have Deshaun Jackson on one side, Alshon Jeffrey on the other. But that's the only thing that could scare me about this situation. I mean, Dallas Goddard, he's a superstar. Like, he is oh, yeah. one of the most talented tight ends to ever come out of the draft. I mean, he's up there. He just got put behind Zach Ertz, right. who another, had a breakout year last year. Another superstar. You know, yeah. What it is. He would have been an interesting guy to trade to oh, Goddard. I didn't even think you about that. Send him, send him to Seattle. They need a tight end. Ooh. That would have been nice. That would have been nice. That would have been a good one. That, huh. move you, this you have my fr- mind thinking. <laughs> move this to the front of the podcast. That would have been an amazing trade. Because <laughs> you think like, oh, okay, we're going to get DJX. We're not going to be doing two wide receiver sets with two tight ends or whatever. We're going to go back to three wide. And then you're like, okay, we don't need Goddard anymore. And then you send Goddard off. But no, Philly was smart to keep him. He's a great player right behind Ertz. I mean, you have two, two starting caliber tight ends in this league. Yeah. Playing right, what, one behind the you other. You could end up probably picking up a third-round pick for him and then also getting David Moore included in the trade because they're not using David Moore. They're using Jerron Brown, the right. Seattle Seahawks are. Exactly. So now your third receiver steps in with David Moore. God, man, we should be NFL GMs. All right. Uh, so first off, we just need you guys to give us all the money possible. We're going to buy an NFL franchise, maybe the Redskins, just so they're, they're the closest, and then we can give them their first set of owners that actually know what they're talking about. <laughs> and then we'll just bring in a businessman to help with all the money stuff. But <laughs> all the money stuff. <laughs> <laughs> with all that money stuff that we don't really care about, we want to just construct the best NFL team and win a Super Bowl. Let's go fantasy intervention. Side note on this. We're speaking of trades and everything. I just want to bring this up. If you're somebody that's looking to acquire another player, maybe acquire more depth or... I mean, trade up from another position. Le'Veon Bell is an excellent, excellent acquisition. I know it's completely off track, but I wanted to make sure that I mentioned it, and I meant, and I ended up forgetting to mention it prior to this. But his schedule coming up is cake. It is so simple. Mm. It's so easy. Go out and try and trade for Le'Veon Bell. Okay, that's done. Devin, who's your next? Pop, Pop and tags. So I have a couple here. It's like a, a running back that I really like, and then I have a, a little bonus one. So. First is running back Mark Walton Jr. for the Miami Dolphins. Yes, I know the Dolphins have not won a game this year, but he is now without Kenyon Drake in front of him. It's Mark Walton's show with Kalen Balazs with him, but Balazs is more of the red zone guy. I like Walton a lot, and I think with his upcoming game schedule. Yeah, with he, the Dolphins. A lot, I mean, lot of juice going on. And they've, they've I mean, been, with the Jets, I should say, sorry. Yeah, I mean, so they've been playing decently. I mean, like I, I turned on Monday Night Football last night, 14 to nothing. I'm like, um, what's going on right now? Obviously, it went the other way at the very end of that game. Uh, but I like Walton a lot. Especially, especially before that first matchup against yeah. the Jets. Uh, but my bonus, Jalen Samuels and Trey Edmonds are the only two running backs currently on the roster for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Everyone else is hurt right now. I mean, obviously James Conner, but with the HC joint, we're still kind of keeping an eye on that. If he's a no-go, I like Jalen Samuels and then handcuffing him with a Trey Edmonds. Trey Edmonds should be seeing a lot of touches in this upcoming game, and he could have a lot of value down the road with Conner's injury. What I fear his injury could lead to down the road because they're just using Conner a lot, and I feel like it's just going to be a lot of wear and tear this season. Yeah, it could be an excellent pickup long-term, but I think this week – with that AC joint sprain, I think that he actually he won't practice this week at all. Right. But they'll give him a shot right before the game. Tell him go in, go get in there, kid. You know, do what you can. Yeah, man up and just go for it. Yeah, you're gonna be feeling <laughs> real good. So, you know, no big deal. But yeah, it's an interesting stash for me. I don't know if I'm willing to put in that much equity into a guy or that much ownership into a guy, especially in smaller leagues. Now, if we're talking about like. 14 teams or deeper leagues where you have tremendous rosters or even right. dynasty like dynasty would be a tremendous pickup for that but in like a standard 10 or 12 team league there's nobody on my roster that i'd be willing to drop right. for that pickup this is more again this is more where you might have a roster where maybe you your strength is receiver and you don't have a lot of great running backs maybe you have Mixon or like Devonte freeman or james connor <laughs> or you have connor and you're really looking for somebody to cuff and maybe samuels is a no-go that week Trey Edmonds could be that guy. Because I'm always looking to cuff certain teams that have heavy running back production. And Connor's one of those guys. He's getting touches. He's out there constantly, but he needs some reprieve. You've got to have somebody like like Edmonds or Samuels. It just depends on the injury report that week. Yeah, and I think that Jalen Samuels will probably be owned in most of these leagues. So Edmonds yeah. is the one that we're, we're referring to. All right, on to my next one. And I was going to go with Gallup, but I think Gallup's – 
pretty much owned in a lot of the leagues. Yeah, uh, he has a super easy matchup up against the Giants. Mm-hmm. Um, so then that made me talk about Robbie Anderson, but Robbie Anderson is owned in most leagues. Right. However, if Robbie Anderson got dropped because people are afraid and they wanted to pick up somebody on the waiver oh, wire yeah. this week and he's on your waiver wires now, add Robbie Anderson. They get a matchup against the Miami Dolphins. And like I said, the Jets' schedule is cake. So yes, Robbie Anderson is a huge, huge add. But the one that people aren't paying attention to, and they should be, they need to pay attention to him, is Demarius Thomas. Demarius Thomas is averaging seven targets a game. Sam Darnold trusts him. And I talked about it last week. I was like, he could be that flyer option. He could be that stream. And yes, Sam Darnold has not been hitting hitting him. But once again, we talk about how easy that jet schedule is. And I think that Demarius Thomas could end up crushing one of these weeks. I mean, it could be this week up against Miami. Don't forget, Xavier Howard just got put on IR. Uh-oh. And the fact that you don't even know which cornerback you're going up against because all of them suck. So they're <laughs> rotating, trying to get everybody in, try and get them reps and see who they want to go with. Demarius Thomas this week is actually a plug and play for me or a pick up and play, if you want to call it that way. On to your last one, Devin. What you got for me? Yeah, I like that one a lot. Demarius Thomas can finally have... Uh, a good stretch of games here to be a little bit more consistent. Like you said, he has been getting seven targets per game, uh, but he's kind of been on and off for some of these weeks where he's caught everything that's come his way and then some where he hasn't been as great with his catch rate. But very intriguing. I mean, that Miami game, ooh, that could be pretty. But yeah, I'm, I'm drooling. Pretty. And then, I mean, Washington's after – or well, the Giants are after and then Washington. So he's, he's got a few matchups that could be pretty juicy for him. Can you believe that I just picked up Juju Smith-Schuster off the free agent waiver wire? We didn't get to talk about this because we didn't get to wow. get together and do our podcast last week. But I got Juju Smith-Schuster off of one of my teams. It was pretty, or one of my leagues. It was See, pretty. Always awesome. scour, always scour the open market. Always look because people are dropping people Especially just because they get the scared. day after the waiver wire. So this is why we do this segment popping They're tags. Getting scared. Uh, but moving on to my third and final popping tags, it is wide receiver Darius Slayton, the rookie for the Giants. He's averaging 10.12 points in fantasy currently this year, and he just came off his best game of the season with 19 points. First multi-touchdown game, and I like Darius Slayton a lot. His route running, his speed, I mean, he's going up against number one corners in some games and having big games. I mean, his biggest game prior to this one was against my Minnesota Vikings. He caught a touchdown against Xavier Rhodes. Obviously, Xavier Rhodes has kind of been a punching bag this year, but... Absolutely brutal. I mean, after he... After, I mean, he shuts down Julio Jones, no damn problem. <laughs> but then he can't cover Terry McLaurin. He can't cover Darius Slayton. I don't know what it is what it is with my, my guy Xavier. Don't forget Rose. about Marvin Jones Jr. and Marvin Jones Jr. I that just, was kind I of just that, want to put that was, our, that was entire our entire secondary. But Darius Slayton again, I like him a lot. He's been a solid rookie player. I mean, since week three. Again, again, he's averaging 10.12 yards. So if you have a weak wide receiver team and you need a flex or you need a guy to stream at wide receiver, he could be an excellent pickup. This week he has the Cowboys, I believe. Yes, the Cowboys. So that's a little bit of a tougher matchup. Obviously, they have not been very friendly to opposing quarterbacks. The, the Giants have already played the Dallas Cowboys early in the season, but it was Eli Manning. And obviously that whole entire roster was complete mix-up. So we have to see how that goes. I believe that... Byron Jones is going to be covering Sterling Shepard. So Darius Slayton could have an awesome week this upcoming week. I mean, then he has the Jets after that. Then they have the bye. Then it's Chicago, Green Bay, Philly, Miami, Washington, Philly. So there's a couple You're, you're getting a mixed bag. Near the end at the end. But I think right now where he's kind of riding a high, his best game of the season, he's obviously one of Daniel Jones' favorite targets. And yeah, I mean, they got all the, the practice matchups. reps. They got all the you know scouting team reps. You know, in the offseason, those two guys were paired together. So, you know, probably touching dicks or something. Hey. Anyways, guys, that's going to wrap it up for Poppin' Tags. On to our next segment. The champ is here. The champ is here. The champ is here. Up next on The Champ Is Here, we have Devin selecting his champions 
Well, at least his starting champion with the quarterback position. Devin, who do you got a QB for the champ? Oh, by the way, the champ segment is solely focused on players that we really like that are outside the top 12 that have tremendous potential to finish inside the top 12. So we're, we're trying to stay away from ESPN and those typical rankings you guys hear about. You know, we don't want to pick that, that receiver that everybody's heard a thousand different times. We want to try and pick options that you guys might have in your flex or on your bench that could have potential to finish in the top 12, or at least you have a solid, solid belief that they'll finish inside the top 12. Right. We're not telling you to start Cooper Cup and Mike Evans. You know to start those guys. Those are starters week in, week out. We're not here to tell you. We're not here to spoon feed you the easy answers. We're right. here to tell you the ones that might be just right outside of that top 12 that could have that big game to get them right into the top and be in the conversation. So I have Mike Evans, multiple shares of Mike Evans in multiple leagues, and I didn't play him in a single league this past week. Well, I can't spoon food. I can't spoon feed this idiot when I'm not fucking here. Oh man, so. I had all this invested in Chris Godwin. I swear to God, I did not start Mike Evans in a like single Mike, league. Mike Evans has not been extremely consistent, but he's had these these big games. Uh, I mean, Evans and Godwin are probably the best duo currently in the league. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Point. I mean, with Thielen, the Thielen being out. I mean, Diggs has had a lot of solid weeks, and I mean, obviously that's my team, and they're one of my favorite duos. But Godwin and Evans are ranked top in the top three right now so they're currently the best duo in the league to get to my first champ quarterback baker mayfield against the denver broncos he will enter the top 12 going into the next week see i have to disagree on that one well go fuck yourself <laughs> thanks man that's really constructive <laughs> criticism bro no my question is for this i mean They've been better at the pass rush. They've been better at stopping the pass as well for the Denver Broncos. That defense has been absolutely solid. And obviously Odell Beckham is going to see a lot, a lot of Chris Harris. Mm. I mean, maybe he switches over, plays a little bit of the slot against Jarvis Landry, but I think he ends up seeing Odell Beckham for probably a good 70 to 80% of the game. That leaves some opportunities for Jarvis Landry, but I mean, really, like, are they going to need to pass? Are they just going to end up running Nick Chubb up against this Broncos you know, front seven, like constantly throughout the entire game. I think that Baker Mayfield has a high efficiency, but does he get the volume is the question. I mean, we'll see. I, I'm like, When we do this segment, there's a lot of difficult choices that you have to make here. Once you're outside of the top 12, you're kind of picking the barrel here. And when you have all these teams, you have four teams on a bye week, it kind of hurts your decisions there. But Yeah, and I mean, all four of those teams had startable or streaming yeah, quarterbacks. You're talking Jared Goff, Drew Brees. Matt Ryan, and then Andy Dalton or Ryan Finley at this point. So, Yeah, I mean, and, and Andy Dalton actually was startable in some weeks, believe it or not. Yeah, I mean, he, he is one of the top four passers right now. He has, like, over 2,000 yards, but whatever. Yeah, anyways. Um, <laughs> but with Baker, I, I think this could be a similar to the the Bears game where they went from seven carries and then, they, then finally David Montgomery had his big breakout game. So you have this crappy game from the Browns where – you know, Odell's like, we could have done more. You know, give me the, you know, basically calling him out, like, give me the ball. I but need he more says stuff. that every week. He does. <laughs> but maybe you get Jarvis, Jarvis Landry to just bless him. Just, just like he said in the thing, in the, was it the hard knocks or whatever they call it? He, he kept saying, bless him. That's like, just, just bless him. Just give the ball to Landry, put him in the slot. I don't care where, where Chris Harris is at. He's one of the best corners in the league, whatever. I don't care. Just give the ball to Landry. <laughs> he could have a big game. All right, for my quarterback, I'm looking at Sam Darnold up against the Miami Dolphins. And we talked about how Howard is on the IR. They're literally a dumpster fire. And the only reason why I bring this one up is just because the Jets have been so bad and Sam Darnold's been so bad to start this out. We thought that Sam Darnold was going to be hot. Like, I was mm -hmm. all about hopping on board with Sam Darnold, but he just hasn't been there mentally. Nope. I mean, he hasn't been there really physically either, just making errant throws. But this could be it. This could get Sam Darnold on the right page. And then, once again, we have this huge, awesome schedule coming up. But, yeah, either way, back to it. I mean, Sam Darnold, for me, is definitely my flyer, the guy that I want to pick up off waivers this week if I, you know, have a tough matchup or if I don't trust my matchup. And I want to play Sam Darnold up against the Dolphins this week. I like that. Moving on to my running back, it's going to be my namesake, Devin Singletary, against your... Washington Redskins. I like Devin Singletary. I mean, it's just it's a good matchup for him. 
I think he really deserves to jump into this top 12 here. He's been a solid running back for past few weeks. I mean, I know Gore's the guy there, right? but Singletary gets a lot of, lot of time in there. And Washington. I mean, with, with Washington, like, we've actually been better and better every single week up against the running backs. I mean, we've shown improvement every single week, mm-hmm. and that defense is finally finding their way. That's which, right. I mean, that front four is pretty solid. With Deron Payne there, Tim Settle, you have Jonathan Allen right there on the outside. You have Matt Ioannidis, who graded out as one of the top ends, defensive ends last year. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a good, good – it's a front three because they run – you know, Right, the three four is yes, front three. But you have a lot of solid starters, and then the backups have been playing out of their head. Jonathan Allen, Ioannidis – Ryan Kerrigan, Settle. He had like what three Alabama guys in in the. Dude, they're just front trying three. to build out. Ruben Foster before he got hurt was on the pretty team. Pretty much too. trying to get the entire Alabama team just yeah, the, in Washington. All stars of Alabama is you know in Washington. <laughs> I mean, but obviously we we did all right up against Mark Walton. We're pretty solid. I mean, up against the 49ers, we did pretty well. We didn't allow him to have a single touchdown, although that was like a mud bowl right, essentially. Yeah, that terrible field and stuff. Not the I mean, same cannot be said against about Dalvin Cook though. We allowed less than 100 yards to Dalvin Cook on the ground. Just saying. Yeah, he had 98 <laughs> yards, two yards <laughs> short of his six 100-yard game. But he also destroyed with the run after the catch and the yards after the catch from. Yeah, and, the and that's probably the biggest area that we struggle in is is lacking speed for the linebackers on the inside and the coverage linebackers. I mean, that's where people destroy us. So I could see it. Devin Singletary did end up making his money this past week, you know, with air yards essentially, or right. you know, as a receiver yeah. versus a run, uh, just a pure runner. And that's where we get crushed. I mean, yeah. we had a great first half up against New England Patriots, and we held strong. Patriots adjusted, we didn't adjust, and they pretty much just, you know, ran all the receivers on one side of the field, and then ran their uh, ran the running back out to the other side of the field. And to put him in single coverage up against a slower linebacker, I mean, oh, yeah. that's a recipe to beat us right there. So if Devin Singletary Obviously, the Bills are watching the New England Patriots film, so I'm sure that they saw that plenty. So if they deploy Singletary in that way, I could definitely see Singletary finish up in that top section. But that's definitely a, a hot take. It is. Oh, that's a hot take. It's been a while since I've been here for a hot take, so it's time for it. I got another hot take for you for my running back. What you got? We're going Melvin Gordon. What? Yeah, Melvin Gordon, who has struggled tremendously. I haven't had his back. But this week they're up against Green Bay, and Green Bay just – they beg people to run against them. They're like, yeah, we don't care. Go ahead, run all you want. Waste that clock. We'll throw an Aaron Rodgers in there, and he'll get the touchdowns. We'll stop you in the red zone. You're not going to be able to pass on us. And Melvin Gordon, with Anthony Lynn now taking over as you know the offensive coordinator with Kevin Wisenhunt getting fired, Melvin Gordon could have a huge, huge game. Don't forget, Anthony Lynn was the running back coach throughout his entire career. That's what he specializes in. He's going to run Melvin Gordon. I still think Austin Eckler is playable as well, but Melvin Gordon is going to eat. He's going to eat this game. You got to play him. Whoa, that's a hot take. Well, is, is it hot? I just feel like it's hot because of recency bias. Yeah, just recency. But bias. if I would have said this like at the beginning of the season before any of this before shit would have happened, like you'd be like, yeah. no shit, like that's obvious. I think Melvin Gordon's still a good running back. I think the Chargers' offensive line has struggled, and that's why Melvin Gordon is struggling as well. But this week, I don't think it matters because, like I said, the Packers just beg people to run on them. Just beat the Packers, man. Do it. Do it to it. Yeah, that's your upset of the week is what you're saying, right? That's right. That is my upset of the week. Uh, I, I should start doing that on our Facebook page. I should just put my upset of the week. And the return of the simulation. I did not do simulation for Madden 20 last week. I apologize, but I'm going to put that up tomorrow night. I'm going to put that on our Facebook page. So if you are interested in seeing what my Madden 20 on PlayStation 4 simulates for the upcoming matchups, let us know. Uh, My wide receiver for the champions here is going to be number 19 for the Minnesota Vikings, Adam Thielen. We are traveling to Arrowhead, playing the Kansas City Chiefs. He's coming back. Is he back? Oh, he's going to be back. He just had a little hammy injury. So we didn't have to destroy you guys. We were just like, okay, buddy, you just sit down. It's just their skins. This ain't no problem. Hamstring injuries do. They can linger, but it was a minor one. Nothing to worry about. He's good to go. He's going to come back. Diggs has been solid the past few weeks. He's had a, over 140 yards in the last three games or something like that. You know, How is Adam Thielen not ranked in the top 12 on ESPN? I don't know. That's just crazy to me. I think he was like 13 or 14. He just oh, okay. fell outside of the top there. <laughs> but it's still my guy. So Thielen coming back. Can have a big game here against Kansas City. 
I like it a lot. I mean, I'm not going to go against my guy. So you tell me if you like it or not. I mean, it just depends on who Traverius Ward lines up against. Like, if Bashan Breland goes up against Adam Thielen, he's going to get burned. And I actually see that kind of happening, but Breland doesn't travel the slot. Traverius Ward, who has been one of the most underrated cornerbacks in the NFL so far this year, has just been doing phenomenal. And if he gets to see Adam Thielen, I think Adam Thielen might have a little bit of trouble. I think that just, you know, Stefan Diggs is going to end up going off at that point. Right. i got to do a little more research when it comes to those matchups, but we'll see what happens with this. Realistically, I think that they play, you know, more of a zone like they, they have in certain matchups. Sean Breeland takes the outside. Traverius Ward gets Stefan Diggs for the most part. We'll see what happens with this matchup. So what you're saying is this, this is going to be the Irv Smith breakout game? No, it's not. I told, how many times do I tell you it's not every week? Is this going to be the Irv Smith breakout game? Oh, this is the, this is this the week, Ola B.C. Johnson. Ola B.C. Johnson <laughs> or Irv Smith is going to go off. Devin, not this week. <laughs> no, I it's going to happen. I know it's going to happen. I mean, they've both been pretty solid, so I really like their production in their rookie seasons. But I'm just looking, where in the matchups are we going to have that big breakout game? Like, what team is so terrible against tight ends that we're going to just put our rookie out there and just let him fly, man? Or at least do some of our tight end screens. Most of our tight end screens have gone to Kyle Rudolph, and he's slower than Benny Snell. So that's... <laughs> <laughs> So, if you guys don't listen to the show on a regular basis, I mean, Devin can tell you how much I, I love and adore Benny Snow. That is sarcasm, addicts. He is being extremely sarcastic. Hey, he did put up 75 yards up against the Chargers. Oh, oh But boy. it's the Chargers and that bad But his picture defense. on some website, I can't remember which one it was. Player is, Profiler, yeah. Player Profiler has a picture of Gary the Snail. And if you are not our age or slightly younger... That is a character from SpongeBob SquarePants. It's a snail. It's a snail. Benny Snail. I love it, dude. I think that's amazing. I mean, I don't know if you heard this one uh, when I was talking the other day, but Jerome Bettis, who's 255 pounds, ran a 4740. Benny Snell, who's 225 pounds, 30 pounds less, ran a 46640. Wow. Like, that's how slow he is. I just don't get it. Anyways, back on topic. What is it, my turn for the wide receiver? Yes, sir. What is your wide receiver for right. the champ? I'm taking Emmanuel Sanders up against the Arizona Cardinals. Oh, boy. Uh, I think this is going to be a huge game, game. Um, for Kyler Murray. I think he's going to go off. I think he's going to throw for over 400 yards. I'm just kidding. I think that he's going to struggle tremendously up against this extremely tall and fast defensive front. I do not see a great game coming out of Kyler Murray. I'm actually kind of scared for him. He might end up getting crushed. Uh, I hope That's I didn't he put kind of – you Sorry, know. buddy. Good luck to you. Yeah, good, uh, luck. <laughs> good health, luck for all that stuff. But I really like Emmanuel Sanders in this matchup. Yeah, I mean, he's going to be left to the short field. But the thing is, he's that primary option. I mean, he's getting targeted in those short field situations. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's obviously just acquired. I can see a huge game coming out of Emmanuel Sanders this week. I mean, that's all that needs to be said, really. Patrick Peterson. Wait. That's not all that needs to be said. Because Patrick Peterson and that coverage that he played last week up against Michael Thomas was just absurd. Yeah, like Paxter Peterson, good. who you know can hang with the best of him from time to time. He's getting a little bit older and getting a little bit worse as it goes. But Patrick Peterson, they were putting him like ten yards off of Michael mm-hmm. Thomas. Yeah, you see that a lot with him and Xavier Rhodes, where they're it's like it'd be like third and one, and they're playing like five, ten yards off the line. You're like, it was just absurd. Do you understand? They could just easily throw a quick, <laughs> quick pass to that guy, and all he has to do is fall down, and he has his first down. Come on, guys. Yeah, no, I mean, so if they give that kind of opportunity to Emmanuel Sanders, who thrives in open space, mm-hmm. Emmanuel Sanders could end up having a big, big game this upcoming week. Definitely. That's all that needs to be said. That's it. That's it. Put a bow on it. We're moving on to tight ends, baby. And it's finally the Trey Burton breakout. Okay, it's probably not going to be a breakout game. But he oh, hasn't God. been solid. But the tight ends have not been covered extremely well by Philadelphia. And I think Trey Burton could have a good game. And... If you listen to our show, tight ends is the one of the hardest ones to pick out of the four. It's the hardest one to pick because you're you're basically throwing out God, a it's net quarterbacks here. this week. This quarterbacks, week quarterbacks was, are tough. Quarterbacks was extremely rough, especially with four bye weeks. That sucks. You're taking out yeah away. With, with four That's starters, sixteen quarterbacks that are just gone. You you can't pick sixteen <laughs> quarterbacks. And you're like, okay, you have the other sixteen. And you're like. But the rest are garbage, or or they're just you know they're not going to happen. Like Cousins might be able to go into the top twelve, but after the past few weeks that he's had and he hasn't been in the top twelve, what's going to get him in the top twelve? What does he have to throw? Four four hundred yards, five touchdowns? Come on, man. 
It's 2019, bro. Yeah. 2019, you know, quarterbacks are just going off. Yeah. Hey, at least they still identify as quarterbacks. That's true. That's true. But, like, like I said, all you got to say about it, Trey Burton against Philadelphia. Philadelphia has a pretty stout run defense, so they're going to run a bit. I think David Montgomery gets stuffed a bit here, so they're going to f- start throwing. And I know Matt Nagy's not an idiot, so they're going to run the ball maybe ten times and not seven because seven would be harmful. But Trey Burton could have a big game out of this. Wait, do they identify as quarterbacks at that point? Because you have, like, Jalen Samuels who identifies as running back, but back, like, three weeks ago. Yeah. Because <laughs> he, he was a tight end, wasn't in college, in college, oh, and he? Was sure he was a tight, tight end. end in college. Yeah, and then he was running back, and then he played quarterback, essentially, in the Wildcat yeah. formation. Yeah. Had, like, what, eight uh, completions? You know what? I'm going to take away Baker Mayfield. I'm just going to put Randall Cobb. He used to play quarterback at Kentucky. He'll just come and play. He'll play quarterback one day. <laughs> With Trey Burton, uh, that's a tough one for me. I mean, obviously the Eagles are not good up against the tight end. They definitely struggle. And Trey Burton, obviously being a former Eagle as well, could be a revenge game, quote-unquote, quote you know, because they didn't want to resign him, and they drafted Dallas Goddard. I don't know. It's going to be a tough one, but, yes, it is definitely feasible with Mitchell Trubisky, you know, to go to the tight end multiple times up against a bad Philadelphia defense. Mine is going to be Johnny Smith. I'm riding this wave. I talked about it last week. I'm going to do it again this week. As long as Delaney Walker is out, as long as he's out, I'm definitely going to play Johnny Smith. But even if he's in, I mean, Johnny Smith this past week ended up having, I believe, seven targets with six receptions just going off. I believe he had a touchdown as well. He was one of the top 10 tight ends this past week. Delaney Walker has had 31 targets so far since the start of the season, but he's only had 21 receptions. Johnny Smith has been way more solid, 18 targets, and had 15 receptions. Obviously, Ryan Tannenhill likes this kid. He is going to him left and right. He led the team in targets last week. I think that Johnny Smith can produce as well, and Carolina started out strong up against the tight ends. But the past three weeks, they've been absolutely terrible, giving up multiple, multiple double-digit fantasy points up against the tight end. Look for another one to happen this week. All right. That's going to finish it up for the Champus here. We're going to head on to our next segment, the last segment of this episode. And that's going to be stacks on stacks on stacks. We're going to talk about certain stacks that we do like and certain stacks that we're going to trash. So here we go with stacks on stacks. Moving right along with Stacks on Stacks. The third and final segment of today's episode. Absolutely. You want to start this one out or I got it? Let's start it out. I'm bringing it back to the purple and yellow. I got it. I've been away for too long and you have not got to heard myself. You haven't got to hear these dulcet tones. Cousins and Diggs have been on a tear the past few weeks. They've had Adam Thielen in those games and they've had Adam Thielen out of one of those games. And Diggs is still putting up big numbers. Let's see it continue. I think this could be a big game for Thielen and Diggs. Just another solid game. They each come out of it with a touchdown. Probably seven receptions each. 120 plus yards for both of them. Calling it. That's the thing. Cousins. I think this could be Cousins' biggest game of the season. I think he could throw the 350 north closer to 400 yards if he needs to. It depends. I mean... I don't think Mahomes plays in this one. I think this is another Matt Moore game. But I think this could potentially become one of those shootouts. Our defense has been weak in the front part of the games, but then they always adjust, and then they have the strong second half of the game. I think this could be a shootout, another one of those 42-30s that we've had recently. Cousins and Diggs is a strong stack. You've said it. We've talked about it on previous episodes. Calling for the Cousins and Diggs show. See, for me, I'm looking more at Dalvin Cook in this matchup. I think they're going to run the shit out of the ball, try and control the clock. Like you know, too. not give Tyreek Hill a chance to beat him up against Xavier Rhodes because you know that's what's going to happen. Yup. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, I think I, I think that Dalvin Cook is the way to go on this one. But that's just me. Yeah. I mean, I love Dalvin Cook. MVP candidate in my mind. A lot of people obviously don't agree with that for whatever reason. Fuck Mark Sanchez. What does he know anyways? Um, but fumble, shut up. But, yeah, I love the idea of the stacking of Dalvin Cook there with our defense. I think Dalvin has a great game, but I think that this is going to be more of that shootout. 
and it could be where our defense has been a little weak in the starting of the games, so where Kirk Cousins, Kirk Cousins has to start to cook up a little bit and throw through the air. So this is where Cousins and Diggs stack has a little bit more value to me this week than the Dalvin and the defense stack. Yeah, I mean, this one is, is lining up to definitely be one of the top three high-scoring, maybe top five, but more of the top three high-scoring games of this weekend. So I can understand where you go there. Now... When it comes to mind, I'm looking at Gardner Minshew. The legend. The man, the myth, the legend. Along with Chris Connolly. And I like DJ Shark, but I'm going to go out on a limb on this one and say Chris Connolly, who's been an absolute animal this past few weeks. Blasphemy. I mean, and the thing is, is his, his ability to get downfield and absorb these deep passes, I mean, it's just insane. And that's what Houston is terrible against. Yeah, he's fast. <laughs> I mean, look at what, uh, what happened to Houston this past week. I think that this game is also one of the highest scoring matchups as well. And I think that Chris Connolly benefits from this. You know, I wanted to go DJ Shark, but I think that's a little bit too obvious for me. I'm going Chris Connolly up against Houston this week. I think he's a safe play, and I think he has tremendous upside as well. To my other stack, I'm going to go with the Patriots defense and Sony Michelle. Patriots defense, it's no secret. They're the best fantasy defense in the league currently right now. Killing it. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but they're insane. Like they have yeah. the Patriots defense has more touchdowns than they've allowed this season. Yeah, if it was just <laughs> their defense, they would end up beating. They would <laughs> they still have any record. This this team right now it reminds me of the Super Bowl, the Broncos Super Bowl teams with Peyton Manning. Brady could realistically be like the weakest, quote unquote, weakest part. Don't Zach Brown me, but. <laughs> the weakest part of the Patriots offense at this point right now. I think it's the offensive line more for me. Like, and their ability to create yards before contact, because they have been struggling with that. Right, because he's not having to throw it down and field deep. He's just, I mean, he's, he's dropped some dimes, and they've looked good. But like I'm saying, you know, he's a lot of run game. They've really transformed it into a running team the past few seasons, and that defense is just so dominant, man. I like it a lot, but I really want Michelle to have some more, some a little bit more production. I know he's had a few good games, but... I think this is the game where he can break out. You want a hot take on this one? Take it. I think that Lamar Jackson is going to tear up the New England Patriots. Oh! I think he's going to have over 150 yards running. I think he's going to have over 200 yards passing. And the reason why is because the New England Patriots and their style of blitzing has actually opened up running lanes for quarterbacks, and the quarterbacks just haven't taken it. They're more focused on getting you know, their ball downfield, getting it to the wide receivers, trying to make plays, because in most cases, they're losing. But it has opened up running lanes all over the place, and Lamar Jackson, with that insane speed, could end up using that to his advantage. Now, if Bill Belichick, this you know, maniacal genius, this insane mastermind 67 year old mastermind who plans to coach past 70 yeah i mean he took over that defense like they didn't bring oh, yeah. in a defense coordinator he is running that defense he is calling plays for that defense yeah. if he knows that that's going to happen which i'm sure that he does he might call off the blitz a little bit he might not blitz nearly as often but if he has that egotistical you know little switch in his head that said oh man like you know i can figure out blitzes that are going to sack lamar jackson and lamar jackson ends up getting out of you know, let's just say a few of them. He could still get sacked three or four times, but if he oh, yeah. runs for 150 yards getting out of these sack situations, it could be huge. Now, Lamar Jackson does turn over the ball. He hasn't done it this year as much, but last year that's what he was known for was turning the ball over. I'm hoping that he doesn't do it this week up against the Patriots because I really want to see this, you know, this matchup just go insane. Like, Do you think the Ravens win this game? Upset alert? Drum roll. No. <laughs> yeah. The only thing is the fact that they don't have the skill positions on the outside. Yeah. I mean, you know, Gilmore is going to end up being on the opposite side, whether he's against Willie Sneed or Miles Boykin. He's going to end up shutting that person oh, out. Yeah. They're going to double cover Marquise Brown. I mean, Mark Ingram is going to have the running lanes. I think that Lamar Jackson goes off, but that's the only person that I'm actually looking at having in, you know, a positive fantasy game. When it comes to the Patriots side of things, I mean... You know, unless Marcus Peters proves to be that difference maker, I don't think that the Ravens defense will be able to do anything up against the New England Patriots. I do think that for three quarters it stays close or, you know, you know within reach, but by the fourth quarter, Patriots will be gone. I was really hoping that you were going to go for upset alert there. No. That's, a, that's a hot take, motherfucker. Holy <laughs> shit. Dude, no, I, I can't do that. But I do think Lamar Jackson is startable this week, and I think that he has a good game. 
All right, on to my pick, we have my second stack on stack on stack, and that's going to be Matt Moore and Tyreek Hill versus Minnesota. You son of a bitch. Yeah, I knew you are going to hate me for that one. Uh, Matt Moore up against the Green Bay Packers last week, who have been extremely stout up against the passing game. I mean, these guys are solely based off analytics. He still had a really good game overall. I think he put up over 24 points, I believe, maybe 25 points. But, I mean, he played extremely solid up against a Green Bay defense that's been shutting quarterbacks down. There have been multiple speed guys that have just burned the shit out of the Minnesota Vikings. I mean, we have... Okay. Calm, <laughs> calm down. <laughs> we have Terry McLaurin, who, if Case Keenum stayed in the game, could have had a huge, huge game. Also, if Xavier Rhodes stayed in the game, he could have had a huge, huge game. Uh, when it comes to Marvin Jones, Calvin Ridley, all it takes is a broken play. And for the mobile Matt Moore, I mean, he's decently mobile. He can move around. He can scramble. If he ends up getting an opportunity for a broken play and Xavier Rhodes sees any kind of Tyreek Hill, it's not going to be good news no. for the Minnesota Vikings. I hope he pulls his hamstring in practice. <laughs> Dude, that's a dick move. I mean, even Miko Harmon could be startable this week. I mean, they have speed everywhere. Like, Xavier Rhodes and probably the defensive coach staff are probably shitting themselves. They're probably, like, trying to figure it out well, how they're going to do it. Well, at this point, it looks like you should put Mack and Trey Waynes on the outside and then put Mike Hughes in the slot. Or leave Mack in the slot, put Mike Hughes... Because I, I trust Mike Hughes more on the outside than Xavier Rhodes right now against speed. Yeah, I mean, it's been brutal. And we talked about how high-scoring game. This is probably going to be in the top three for high-scoring games. And Minnesota's really, really talented up against the run. So that ends up turning it into a pass-happy game. Tyreek Hill is going to get screens. Tyreek Hill is going to get short routes. And Tyreek Hill is going to get comeback routes, especially when he's looking at Xavier Rhodes, which leads to the double move. Yeah, we, we need Anthony Harris to shade behind Xavier Rhodes, please. I mean, I'm playing Tyreek Hill in daily. I'm playing Tyreek Hill in season-long leagues. I'm playing Tyreek Hill everywhere this week. I think he has a huge, huge week. This is probably my most solid guy that I'm, I'm really stuck on. But I think Matt Moore goes right there with him and produces at a high level and still takes care of the ball. I don't think he's going to turn it over very often. Moving on to the trash stacks. This is going to be the first time and probably the last time I'm going to say his name in this, in this section of our podcast. I'm trashing Cortland Sutton along with Brandon Allen, who will likely be the starter in that game. I have no faith in Brandon Allen. Even though he has a great team around him, I have zero faith with him. I feel like he's going to stare down Cortland Sutton, probably have a Nathan Peterman-like game, and I have zero faith. We might even see Drew Locke in this game, but I don't care. And I believe Denzel Ward is healthy right now. I think he played last game. If he does, he's going to be matched up against Cortland Sutton. I mean, that's going to be trouble written all over it. Yeah. Uh, I don't it's think. It's not going to be great. Yeah, this is, like I said, this is not the week to rely on Brandon Allen. I talked about it in yesterday's episode. Well, I mean, like we talked about popping tags, he could be another guy that you could pick up, and you could, but you would be putting him on your bench for a little while. You yeah, you want to see later. production. Right. You want to see it. Wait. Wait and see what he can do. But this is not the week to do that. Yeah, not the week. I'm not a huge fan of Brandon Allen or Cortland Sutton this week. He's probably going to see double coverage, you know, safety over the top, Denzel Ward underneath. I mean, yes. it's not going to be pretty. Not good. All right, on to my first stack that I trash, and it's going to be Mark Ingram and the Be More defense. So we just talked about it. I mean, I don't need to go too much into it. We just talked about how Lamar Jackson should have a solid game, but outside of that, I'm not seeing it. I mean, they're going to throw run blitzes all over Ingram. I'm hoping that Ingram has a good game. I'm hoping that it's a shootout. I'm hoping that, you know, they produce. But I'm not looking for a big-time game up against the New England Patriots. In fact, if he's more of a flex option for me this week, I'm probably not going to play him. I'm probably going to pivot and go a different direction. Moving on to my final stack that I'm trashing. It's going to be the Arizona defense and the newly acquired running back, Kenyon Drake along with his new running mate, Alfred Morris. I don't like either of those guys in this matchup. And Arizona defense has been kind of weak, not great. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be tough. I don't think that they're going to get very many opportunities to run plays. I think that the San Francisco 49ers are going to chew up clock. I think that they're going to put them in you know, third and long situations, which does not equal out for positive game script. However, Kenyon Drake, if he gets any kind of work, it's probably going to end up being in the pass game. So I could see him getting some garbage time stats, but I'm still not starting them or that defense, obviously, up against San Francisco, yeah, who just, just demolished the Carolina Panthers. Yeah, I mean, they said that he'll have a manageable workload, but 
it's still the 49ers. I, I just have no faith in the Arizona team right now. Going up against that team, that team is insane right now. Sorry, Arizona's just not going to happen. All right, on to it for me. I'm trashing Leonard Fournette and the Jags' defense up against Houston. Obviously, Houston produces extremely well, and the Jags' defense just hasn't been what it was. But where you'd kind of be shocked is the fact that I'm trashing Leonard Fournette. Check this out. When they played earlier in the season, the person that led the team in rushing was Gardner Minshew. Leonard Fournette only got 47 yards. Now, he did get 40 yards receiving on four receptions, but that's not really what you're looking for. And honestly, I could see it going a very similar way, if not worse, for Leonard Fournette this week up against Houston. It's going to be a shootout. They're going to put points up on each side. The quarterbacks are going to have to pass. The only way that Leonard Fournette gets action is if he gets some touches in the receiving game, which he's been getting. But I think that Chris Conley and DJ Shark do their thing this week, and they're not going to need Leonard Fournette. They're, not, they're just not going to use him as much as you'd expect him to. Get him out of here. We don't need him. Wahoo, guys. That's going to wrap up this episode. Woo! Get excited. I'm going to bring in the plug man real quick to do our plugs. Okay. Go on, Devin. Oh, baby, it's been too long. All right, so you know where to find us. We are Fantasy Intervention on Facebook. You can add us at FF underscore Intervention on Twitter. You can find me on Twitter at MrDevin757, and it's the same thing on Instagram, MrDevin757, and underscore Fantasy Intervention. Our Instagram is also FF Intervention. And find us on wherever you're listening to your podcast, SoundCloud, Google Play, Apple Store, CastBox, and don't forget Stitcher. We need you to like, subscribe, send us your questions, leave us reviews, and Chase, tell them where they might be able to find a place if they need an iPhone or you know, cell phone repair. Yeah, I mean, we do these segments, right, called BDSM Glutton for Punishment. And are you glutton for punishment? Are you tired of swiping your finger or cutting yourself? Are you tired of trying to see past that broken screen on your phone? Did you drop your phone? And a bowl of toilet water. Yes, a bowl of toilet water. Oh, no. Well, you can actually get that fixed. The iPhone store right up there next to Scotty Quicks. It's iPhone repair. The iPhone repair store right up there next to Scotty Quicks will fix it for you. And if you go in there and tell them the FF Intervention sent you or Fantasy Intervention sent you, they will give you 10% off your repair. So get excited by that, guys. Listen, thank you all for joining me. I appreciate you guys. Devin? Thanks for coming in today. Thank you for saving their ears from talking to me the entire time. You're welcome, guys. A few, listening to me are, the entire a, thing, time. a few things are moving on for here for me and Chase. Both of us are actually going to be moving soon. We don't live together. Separate moves. But we are both moving on to different places. But we are still coming for you guys to give you the best content we can. And more to come. Stay active on our Facebook page for all updates. And we love you guys. Yeah. Huge shout out to Fantasy you, Football Addicts. Discussion, man. Keep those questions coming, guys. We appreciate you guys. Love you. Thank you guys for listening, and thank you for letting me intervene with your fantasy football lives. Hey, my mom told my niggas is dope. Switch up a stove, pick up a stove. They feeling away, they know I'm the goat. That's how you bang a podcast. Good. You realize that I can still hear it if you cough over there. I know, I know. <laughs> but you started talking. I was going to keep going further away. Run away. I'm so, fine. And now, story time with Devin. Sounds of freedom. Beautiful here in Virginia Beach. Weather's been pretty nice, too. Yeah, it's been awesome. I've been able to go outside without wearing a tank top to walk down there. You know what's crazy today? Both of my kids ended up going to the nurse today at school, but not for being sick. It didn't hurt? No, my well, my daughter had an accident at PE where she peed on herself, like at PE. And then my son called me like two hours later because he got stung or bit by something on his finger at while he was out at PE during his time. But he came home with like a little bump on his finger. I was like, fuck, that's not a bite or a sting. But they both went, I was like, and the lady said, I would not have recognized that they were related if they didn't tell me the last name. That's funny shit. Yeah. By the way, I have twins, and they don't look alike. Not at all. They're called fraternal twins. <laughs> My son's like six foot tall, and he's five. And she's five, but she's like four foot tall. <laughs> Those are exaggerations. On both ends? 
Or is she actually like four foot tall? I don't. I She's probably, less probably than more that. accurate. No. Um, she. She's like thirty-five pounds, soaking wet, and she's like forty-four inches tall, or something like that. And then yeah, he's a little bit under. He's really t- he's Very pretty happy. tall, and then he's like fifty pounds. He's rock solid. He's golly, he's he's massive. But she knocked him over the other day, and he has a he has a nice little boo boo on his arm. <laughs> I was like, how did she knock you down? <laughs> the bigger they are, the harder they fall. I guess so. <laughs> That's how you bang a podcast.